Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, full episode conversation with one of my favorite people of all time, Andy Isaac, on Twitter as at World of Isaac. You, you already know who he is. We talk about, oh, everything. MSU hoops, the rest of the season, Mel Tucker. I, let's go. Let's you go. are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan family, how on earth are you doing today? I, I hope you're doing well. And, and if you're not starting your day so hot, well, I think you've come to the right place because on today's show, just one of the best people out there, Andy Isaac, he hops on the show. Uh, we talk about MSU basketball, MSU football, long, long conversation because uh, yeah, we could ramble about Michigan State sports together uh, forever. Uh, but you know what? Before we get to that, just got to do two quick uh, housekeeping items. First one. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. And number two, hey, if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. That's right. And thank you once again for listening to Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Tomorrow's episode, yeah, we'll get into this weekend's Purdue game. But we also have former player Connor George on to talk about this year's team, Alumni Weekend, that just wrapped up not too long ago. And yeah, it'll be a fun conversation with him. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's get to our chat with Andy Isaac. He's back. He is so gracious with his time. Obviously, you all love to hear from him. I love to hear from him. And just people in general love to hear from him because it's very hard to hate this gentleman on the line right now. He is Andy Isaac. And Andy, I may have just lied to you right before I started recording because I said, hey, Let's have a good time. Are we going to have a good time here, Andy, or are we just going to commiserate about this basketball team here? I, we'll, well, we'll see how I, the next 20 minutes goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when you plan on putting this out, but, you know, for for everyone's, you know, reference, you know, we watched, you know, this is, it's Wednesday. We watched mm-hmm. a, another brutal Tuesday night game Um from the Spartans this year. I honestly feel like we haven't won a Tuesday night game in what feels like uh, at least three months. That's probably not true, but yeah, it's what a brutal, brutal stretch uh, of games and maybe the most brutal stretch of games we've seen from a Michigan state basketball team in, in, I don't know, maybe like a decade or something. It's, It's a really hard Oh my God, that's really hard to go back to and try to figure out. It might be, yeah, like that 2010, 2011 season where like the, the wheels were just completely yeah. off the bus after starting uh, what I think it was number two in the nation like that. Cause like, you know, the, the 2014 season, they had a weird stretch too, but they at least would go win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, not loss, loss, win, loss, 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 like we're going right now with no end. In, okay. With no end in sight. And this is just something I want to pick your brain about right now because. I'm not going to use the A word and say that I'm apathetic. I think the word that I am right now when watching MSU is just, I I think I'm helpless now because, you know, I turned on the game last night against Iowa and before the game, it's like, I know what's going to happen. I know the turnover is going to happen. I know that no one's going to hit shots. Like I know, like it's just a helpless feeling watching MSU basketball. What, what, what headspace are you in when you turn on your Spartans here uh, as we are in February? Yeah. You mentioned, I, you know what sucks is like you watch the beginning of these games and you know almost yeah. right away 
like because they're starting in these big holes like they're never jumping out to leads anymore it's always right. like oh it's 14-4 or it's you know 15 to 3 at the at the 16 timeout and you're like all right we're ready playing from from behind there are so many there's so many different issues with the team i'm not apathetic um just yet but mm -hmm. yesterday i actually turned off the game um with like 3 minutes left and i never turn off games and i am one of those people who actually rewatch um games even when they're bad um just yeah. to see like you know that's just kind of the kind of fan i am i think and um it's been really hard to watch and i don't know if it's going to get better in the big 10 and like you know we can discuss the the tournament um possibilities but i do think there is a silver lining for this team okay the silver lining is everyone in the big 10 knows that they can't play a half court offense and other teams in the country don't know that or okay all right as well so if michigan state can somehow get into the tournament and i think they will with probably another win or two i i do think they could probably you know get to the second weekend simply because they're a very good team if they're in the open court they're a very bad team in the half court because they lack you know like that alpha that alpha dog and uh you know we've seen We've seen the alpha dog mentality from a few players um, yeah. a handful of times this year. You know, we, we saw it from Tyson Walker on Saturday. We've seen it from Malik Hall a few times, but you know, there's just, there's no consistency and there's no, there's no Jaden Ivey. There's no Keegan Murray. There's no Johnny Davis on this team. No. And those are, those teams are the ones that are carrying, that are probably going to win the big 10. And it's because they can lean on those guys when, when things go really bad and it's very bad. For Michigan State. And, and like, this is something I hit on too at, at yesterday's episode after the game. It's like, I, I'm, I, I get everything you're saying. Like, you know, somewhere in this team is, is talent, a, a good team, some dog in them. But I, it's just been a while since we've seen that from some of those guys. And I'm, I'm really starting to wonder about like this team's psyche moving forward. And like, the, the one thing I highlighted yesterday is, there might not be a win on the schedule the rest of the year. And that includes the Maryland game because yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. It's senior night. Maryland's not that great, but also like, okay, you could be going into that game losing what? I think that'd be eight of your last nine games. Uh, sure. It's senior night, but your seniors aren't necessarily playing too well. And you got to one like, okay, are, are they going to get up for their own senior night or are they just going to be damaged beyond repair at that point? So what I'm really worried about now, like goes beyond a box score or you know, just film. Like I just, Man, yeah, this, this it, team just seems mental. a little tired, but also just meant right. Like, do, do you like? Do they look mentally drained to you, or am I just in my own little no, no, they're just okay. No, they're, they're mentally draining the entire fan base, and people who are <laughs> generally positive are even just like, what the what the hell is is going on? And you know, you mentioned this being senior night, and I really think a lot of the problems right now with this team stem from that recruiting class. The recruiting right. class of, you know, Aaron Henry, which, you know, he was he was great and we probably could have used him for for another year. Um, you know, Gabe Brown and, and Marcus Bingham are just not playing well um, mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, when your best players aren't playing well, you're not going to win a lot of games. You you know, Gabe Brown went into yesterday's game averaging four point eight points the last few games and he scored nothing yesterday. And, you know, and then you think about the two other players from that recruiting class aren't with the team anymore so that was a right. very loaded uh recruiting class of five players and you got nothing 
out of them in a what I would call a must-win game last night against a an inferior opponent. You know, like Iowa is is average. They 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 can right. score the ball in, in bunches, but they can't defend for they can't defend for shit. And you couldn't keep up with them straight out of the gate. You know, Keegan Murray had 14 points at one time, and and Michigan State had 13. Right. There's just there's just so many problems, and you, you talked about the the mental part of uh, of it, and we saw it earlier in the season. You know, like Tyson Walker, you know, came out kind of slow, and then you know, like he had a very good stretch of games, and then he kind of disappeared. And Marcus Bingham has kind of done the same. Like he's played well for stretches, and he's disappeared. Like where is the alpha dog? You know, sometimes it's Malik Hall, but you know, when the guy coming off the bench is your alpha dog, then you have a problem. Right. And like we right, yeah. started in these big holes at the beginning of games and you wish the coaching staff would look at it and be like, all right, we need we need a better punch right out of the gate. And, you know, they they haven't adjusted to that. They went to A.J. Holgard instead of Tyson Walker, which I thought actually kind of made sense. But um, I don't know. I feel like there's too many things going on at once for them to solve it before the regular season ends. But I do have some confidence that if they can get in the tournament that, you know, they're going to face teams that just can't scout them as well. And their sets and and, and some of that stuff might be better. Plenty more to talk about with my man Andy, but hey, just need to talk to you fine folks about runyourpool.com. March Madness is only a few weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for just the usual, or are you looking for the best We've done our homework here, and we are running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, RunYourPool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Uh, both are just go check them out; they're really fun formats. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. And if you've got a business, RunYourPool can help uh, take some of that March magic. Madness, March Madness Magic, nailed it, and play alongside your employees. Or, hey, play with your customers too. Gain a few more of those because those never hurt if you're running a business. Plus, they offer full white glove, customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe run your pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There is no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends. Enter pure madness, all one word, pure madness at checkout for $10 off of your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there as well. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Actually, you'll probably beat me there. I've not been doing that well at March Madness Brackets the last few years. They just had me read that. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. You'll beat me, I guarantee it. Hey, runyourpool.com slash lockdown. And before getting back with Andy Isaac, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. So upset, like, oh, hey, changes are, are going to come for sure. Like, do, do you have any sweeping changes that you want to see, or is it just as simple as... um? hello, put Malik in the starting lineup and swap Joey Hauser out. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're not getting anything out of, uh, you know, Joey Hauser was supposed, not to, a lot. <laughs> was supposed to be a an offensive weapon for you. And, you know, like at best, I think he is a, a 10 to 12 minute player 
that you're supposed to bring off the bench and you can run a pick and pop with him. And, and that's kind of it, you know, like Malik Hall is a better basketball player. Um, that's not just an opinion. I really think that's, that's kind of like fact. He is a better defensive player. He is a more versatile mm -hmm. um, offensive player. Um, I don't know why Joey Hauser is, is still starting. I, I don't know if there's some kind of, you know, weird fealty that, that Iso has for, for that guy, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not working. And there definitely needs to be like some major shakeups. I would probably move Malik Hall to the, the starting lineup um, immediately, like for, for the next game. I, I, I like starting uh, A.J. Hogard uh, right now. But the problem with A.J. Hogard is you can see the spacing is different when he's in the game, right? Like yesterday, totally. Iowa uh, did it, right? They, they keep going underneath these screens. And if you're running a pick and roll and you're not, you're not ready to shoot right off the pick and roll and a team can go underneath, it ruins everything. You can't run, yeah. you know, you can't run those, those screens on the outside. It's just, that's, it's not working. You know what it reminds me of Matt is when, you know, when Keith Appling kind of went bad um, senior year, he couldn't shoot. Yeah. Had that's that little wrist issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're seeing right now is that like, you know, you have a guy at the top of the key and he has three or four feet and he just, he, he, he can't shoot because, you know, maybe that's not in the skill set. But I think we're almost better off if he does shoot and miss it um, at that point because, like, we, we're just dribbling around for 30 seconds and, and nothing's really happening. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I wish there was, like, hey, we need to do this one thing and it will change everything. But I, I, I think there's too many things um, going on right it, now. It, I, I think it's it's just so stupid. It's just like, well, it's just like have guys make your shots because I'm reading Graham Couch's column yesterday, his, his three quick takes. And one of them was on that, not Couch, just straight up was about this Hogard situation where it's not really a shooter at all. He's 26% on the year. So you're more around the, the perimeter. Okay, it's passing the next guy, passing the next guy, and then it's in Hogard's hands. No one's within five feet of him, but he ain't shooting that shot. I mean, so yeah, just like you're saying, like it affects the spacing. But when Christie isn't hitting his shots, when Gabe Brown isn't hitting his shots, when Tyson Walker just outright refuses to shoot, unless the game's yeah. already a 20-point deficit, well, yeah, we're going to have some serious broken half-court offense here. But I, yeah, like, other than just, hey, other people, make your shots. Like, I, I don't know what else I have to give, man. I That's why I'm just a podcaster barking into a microphone and not a guy in a suit on the sidelines. But it's just... It's just, it's just so frustrating. It's just it, so is, frustrating it is. Man. It's got to be the most frustrating this fan base um, has been. Even this is including, um, you know, last year with the with the Rocket Watts and you know Kip and Lawyer. Like that was that was kind of like messy, and I think we all knew um, it was messy, but we were okay because you know, like, hey, we had three very good years of Cassius Winston, and he spoiled. Yeah. And, you know, like we, we want, you know, we won three big time titles in a row. And, you know, if that, and we've, you and I have talked about this before, if, if COVID doesn't happen, you know, both of us think that Michigan state is likely one of the favorites for that, you know, that 2020 um, yeah. um, tourney. And it just, you know, it, it doesn't work out. And pretty much ever since then, uh, Michigan state basketball has been a headache um, for this fan base. And it's, it's, it's truly unfortunate. They don't have, um, right now, they certainly don't have the, the right mix uh, of players. But, you know, we thought at the beginning of the year, like, they they won some games. They beat a very good UConn team. Um, yeah. You know, 
Michigan goes out and beats Villanova like last night, and you're like, how the hell did Michigan State beat beat UConn? And you know, right. can't even get within shouting distance of a poor Iowa team. It's just, it's it's like you said, very frustrating. And I I don't know what to think. I just want the regular season to finish. I want them to be to maybe win a game in the Big Ten tournament and and make the and make the NCAA tournament and maybe win um, two games. But I, I don't think they're, they have a higher ceiling um, than that. I, no, I, I, you're more optimistic than I am. Cause I, I think it's going to be one and done in the NCAA tournament. Once they get there, probably lose by 12 to Murray state. Yeah. I, by the seniors in I really day. do. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay though, because I really think the big 10 gets very difficult because a lot of these teams like to, kind of like pack it in and play these like um, much more like half court games. And that's why I think Michigan state had success early mm-hmm. in the season because the games were a lot more wide open and they were rebounding better and they could, you know, rebound kick, you know, Gabe Brown is an awesome player in an open court situation. He is not very good in a half court situation because he doesn't have the handles, you know, he can't run a pick and roll, but man, in those open court, you know, I I, I think back to remember when he was a freshman, you know, he had that blow up game against um, LSU. And why did that happen? Is because of course much more wide open. You can get Gabe, you know, running on the wings to the three point line. And he's just he's canning, you know, because he's he's open and just it's not working in the Big Ten. I do have I do have some confidence that they can beat um, two teams to, to get to the Sweet 16, though, mostly because. Um, the scouting won't be as good um, as it is in the Big Ten. Uh, I do want to bring up one thing that has really bothered me. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot. But, you know, after No, the, go nuts. People want to hear you talk. So this is great. Game, yeah. Tyson Walker, I didn't get to see the game until I got home. Tyson Walker mm-hmm. put up, a, honestly, a performance for the ages. Like, there aren't many Michigan State players that could do what he did in that second half. And, yeah. you know, after the game, instead of really leaning into, hey, what a miraculous performance by Tyson Walker and really like feeding into, hey, let's let's build this guy's confidence. Izzo said, you know, this had a lot more to do with um, the situation and the spacing on the court. Yeah. And I was yeah. I was flabbergasted because I'm like, no, like this should have been a time where we built up a Tyson Walker who has been beat down. Um, this year, why didn't we build him up and why didn't we feed off of that? And of course, you know, we get to the first half of the Iowa game and I, I think Tyson Walker attempts one shot um, in the in the first half. I think it was one shot and he, and he yep. missed it. But like, you know, we should have built off of that. We should have been like, Tyson, you know, like we don't have another guy that can create off the dribble. We don't have another guy who can shoot the ball as well as you can off the dribble. And, you know, we should have leaned into it and we didn't. And that was really unfortunate, and I think it was, you know, and I, I'm sure Izzo, who is a, you know, a Hall of Fame coach, pro- will probably look back at this and be like, yeah, I, I screwed up. I should have, I should have leaned into um, Tyson Walker, and I didn't, and um, and yeah, we saw, we saw what what will happen, you know, like when his confidence is up. He wasn't, he didn't want to shoot yesterday, and he killed us, and. Yeah, we were like we started watching his game, the game against Iowa. I mean, like we we started the game and it was already we were in a ten point deficit. You know, oh, it was over. Yeah, you, know? you can't. We we aren't good enough to to come back on the road uh, against the hot shooting team. 
sucks, man. Yeah. It really does. I, I really wish, I really wish we were talking about like something like more positive. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, see. we can talk about Mel Tucker. Um, yeah, Mel football Tucker's been a little quiet lately. Ah, uh, shoot. Um, we, we've already done the whole, our coach doesn't hit people thing. Uh, although yeah. I guess you can always get mileage <laughs> out of that. I mean, Oh, I'm really grasping for straws here. I don't know. It was like 40 degrees here the other day. That was pretty nice. Uh, that yeah. felt like a nice balmy 85. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought it to Tyson thing because like I, it, it bothers me. And I know like of all the problems, like Tyson not shooting and it's probably kind of low on the list as far as like frustrations. But maybe it's not because just like you said, one shot in the first half. And that's not to say you played horrible in the first half. You still had five assists. Yeah. But like, okay, like we need you to shoot though, man. Like look, look around. Christy hasn't hit a shot since what, January. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, Gabe, he's done. He's done for the season for hitting shots. And like, it, we're kind of running out of options here, man. Like you gotta be one of these people. Like uh, you are a 37% career three point shooter. Like let's, let's start hucking up some J's man. So I, you know, you know, <sighs> it's like, you could actually see it. Um, You saw it in the first half, he would get into like, free throw line extended off the pick and roll and he wouldn't pull up and shoot that, that J. And I mm-hmm. wish like the coaching staff kind of showed him what Cassius Winston was able to, to, to do with those kinds of, uh, of shots. I honestly, I would much rather Tyson Walker take a mildly contested free throw extended shot than pulling it back out, passing it to, to Hauser, passing it around the perimeter and then somebody jacks up a, a terrible shot with like five seconds left on the shot clock. I will take yeah. the Tyson Walker mildly contested jumper, you know, from 15 feet over almost anything else. Um, this team is, is is doing on offense, and it's just and what's going on with our rebounding? You know, like you look at the the rebounding numbers and they're they're putrid, and you're like, is it the big men? Well, if your big man, if your big men aren't rebounding, it's on the guards to come back and help them, especially when, uh, when teams are taking jump shots, you know, a lot of those, those rebounds are going to go long. And if you Mm -hmm. look at past uh, Michigan state teams that were successful in rebounding, they had good rebounding guards. They had Denzel Valentine go even all the way back to Charlie Bell, uh, probably our best rebounding um, guard, you know, you, you come back, grab the rebound, and then you can get off running. And it just, we're not getting, we're not seeing that from, from Christie and Brown and, you know, AJ Hogard was doing it to an extent. He had a very good game where, you know, he could have almost put up a triple double, but I don't know, man, it, it, it feels like the rebounding is the catalyst for a lot of Michigan state teams. And obviously we're not seeing it um, this season. And if you think me and Andy are done bantering about Michigan State sports just yet, oh, you're out of your mind. I just got to talk to you beautiful people first about betonline.net. Woo! Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land, yeah, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting action. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey it's your source for boxing your source for ufc and hey don't forget golf baby that's right they are teeing it up in uh, warmer places than here head to the website today use a mobile device and learn more about the trends and action at betonline where the game starts this saturday noon purdue 
Spartans. Yeah, I mean, what what, what, what are you doing? Are, are you watching the game? Are you uh, just going out on a sailboat, just doing anything but watching the game? <laughs> like, I, I was sailing out in our, watch, in our like, beautiful Michigan um, weather. I mean, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to hate watch it because I know yeah. what's going to happen. I know it's going to be we're going to struggle out of the gate. Purdue loves to pressure the basketball. We're probably going to turn the ball over in the in the range of 15, 15, 16 times. And, you know, we're probably going to lose by double digits. I, I honestly think the only win that I see, and I'm not even confident about it, is, is that Maryland. And let's be honest, it took a, a Malik Hall, you know, game-winning layup to, to beat a bad Maryland team um, before. But, like, you know, they have to win the Maryland game. They lose the Maryland have game. To. You have to think that they would ha- they would need to win at least two games in, in in the Big Ten tourney. And you know that Michigan game. You know, a, a few weeks ago, I would have said, "Hey, you know, like we're probably going to beat Michigan." But Michigan's going to be a desperate team. They're without yeah. their head coach. Um, they're at home. I don't see us. You know, I, I don't feel confident in that game. And Michigan's not even good. That's the thing. Is that no. Michigan? A good no. Michigan is not a good basketball team. They have a lot of inconsistency on their uh, uh, on the perimeter, and you know, like their two best players are interior players, and you know that's not how college basketball. That's not how you see success, right. success in college basketball. You need success on the on the perimeter, and you know they they don't have that, and they have a lot of they have a lot of other issues. I, I do think they have a coaching um, issue. You know, aside from like the Juwan Howard, of course, to just you know mash somebody's face. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think some of their scheme has been weird. You know, they've been playing at times. They've been playing three bigs um, with their with yeah. their guards, and it just you're like, wait, that doesn't really make sense in this in this day and age. So, yeah, uh, uh, Michigan State is a mess. Michigan might be a bigger mess. And you know, from for a team that um, for a team that came in, you know, I, I think they were four. Um, coming into the season, which I think was probably high. I think most people were probably thought they were a top 15 team, but not a top five team. Um, and they stink. They're 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 downright bad. And they, they finished the season, you know, sub 500, which is, you know, which is really bad. And they ha- their their non conference wasn't that difficult. You know, they lost no. to like Seton Hall, and I believe they lost to uh, Central Florida or something. Just yeah. um Oh it's God! Yeah, that's right. Wow. Hell, they almost lost to Tarling, Tarlington State, which I had never even yeah. heard of. And I think oh, just became a D one school um, recently. But yeah, I mean, we we could rail on on Michigan's problems um, on the court, and you know, of course, like off the off the court, like administratively, they're 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 a, they're a shit show right now, and it's really bad. Um, yeah. This is probably the, one of the worst stretches of any university. Um, just in terms of just bad PR and, uh, you know, I think they've gotten away with it a little because the local media hasn't hit them, um, as hard. I will, you know, I think we should acknowledge though. And I think a lot of Spartan fans haven't done this is that, you know, there's a, a journalist from the Detroit news who did a really good job uncovering a lot of the Schembechler stuff. And I wish I, her name is Kim Koslowski. She did a really good job, and like without her, probably the the Schembechler stuff disappears. Um, but like in terms of a lot of gotcha. like the, the columnists and stuff, I, I think the Schembechler stuff should have been, you know, in the in, in the spotlight a little more, and it hasn't. It. And it's 
largely like disappeared from the conversation. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about basketball. This is a lot more um, serious. The, the stuff that's going on, you know, they, they've had a professor that, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. are, um, are suing for sexual assault and, you know, the president gets dismissed um, because I, I think someone got angry and kind of tipped someone off um, about what was going on with with him and, and somebody else and yeah man there's there's a lot of stuff you know we could we could talk about it's how just odd. yeah Michigan State and you know we've had our own set of problems at Michigan State from an administrative perspective and they were quite horrible yeah um, and you know Michigan is kind of experiencing um, that same thing see it, it, once every, every once in a while it's, it's just nice to deflect or just look at the other side and be like okay. Life could be worse yeah. here. And I feel like some yeah, maybe maybe things <laughs> yeah maybe things aren't as bad. So let's talk about yeah. football. Um, because okay. Mel Tucker makes me happy, and like I know that he hasn't produced um, like much on the field. You know this this past year was was awesome. He has a lot of expectations, but you know he just seems like a guy you can rally around. And, you know, yes. he's, he's like very positive and he's like really upbeat and he's, he, he exudes confidence. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's necessarily going to lead to wins, but in terms of like the fan base, I think it riles up the fan base. And I think if you ask a lot of just like the average Spartan fan, a lot of people are behind a Mel Tucker because they enjoy and they like his like personality and, and yeah. You know that that can go that can go a long way, and obviously, you know they gave him this this huge contract extension, and you know now the pressure is going to be on to perform. Now the pressure mm-hmm. is on for him to probably win the Big Ten in the next two three years, and you know yeah. there there might be some national championship um, pressure I think um, as the years go on, and that's crazy to think about because this is I know state and like you and I are a little older, and we've experienced some really poor times for Michigan State football and uh you know like we we saw the JLS era and we we went through some of those you know those those terrible games and we would never thought that we'd be in a position where we talked about national championships and Big Ten championships so yeah that's I I love Mel Tucker and I'm like very happy he's our coach and I I really do expect that he is going to make some big things happen over like the, you know, the next seven to 10 years. He he is what this fan base needs right now in the midst of this basketball season. Oh, and like the, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's like a lot of favorite things about the whole Mel Tucker era so far. And like one of them is, okay, you just had an incredible season ended in the peach bowl. And I always go back to this refrain that I've heard a few times is like, that will be his second like least talented team. Like they're only going to get better based on recruiting and transfers from here on out. Most likely like the talent's only going to keep coming to East Lansing. Now that does, of course, we always know that that doesn't mean success automatically, but that is a very positive development. And then also like, and this is something I was a little, um, not not suspicious that that's a bad word to use, but when he said his whole, like Michigan state's my dream job thing, you know, like in his first year. And I remember coming on this podcast being like, Mel, you've already got the job. Like, you don't have to keep, like, selling yourself for this Michigan State job. Yeah. We know it's probably a little bit of a stretch here. But ever since then, like, he's only shown things that back that up. I mean, obviously, yeah, having $95 million thrown your way is going to help you stick around. But 
it, it truly looks like that he loves being here. He wants to be here. His passion for the university is incredible. And everything that he's doing, marketing-wise, recruiting-wise, coaching hire-wise, it's like, oh, man, like he's actually building something here. This is incredible. And this is all, this is all before we break ground on the new football facility it's like oh like i it's it's so hard not to get carried away and like think like absolutely are, you know we become a clemson of the north like oh boy but like i yeah that's i just gotta pop the brakes too is that can we be clemson you know of the north for you know maybe a two three year um stretch the crazy right. thing is like so mark antonio didn't really have um the passion for recruiting and the passion kind of like for pr and yeah. you know, Tucker's the exact opposite but what d'antonio could do is coach his ass off right. right and he was an incredible coach with with the talent that was given to him and that's the my my biggest question about mel tucker is on on the field like you know, we, we've seen some of these hiccups um, from a game management and time management perspective that I yeah. think we can probably um, clean up. But yeah, I mean, all the other things, it, that's what makes me like so excited. And like, I'm not a recruiting guy and I don't think you're real big on like following like the nuts and bolts of recruiting. And I think there's a lot of fans like us who kind of just look at it, you know, from, from the outside. But I mean, it's hard to be like, wow. And, and not not to be completely overwhelmed by like these inroads that he's making in places where Michigan State simply hasn't made inroads before. Right, right. And like, yeah, I, I am starting to get a lot more into recruiting, but like half because of this podcast, I kind of have to, but also half because like, it's starting to get fun now. And I would rip for years on Michigan fans being like, oh, you're just celebrating offseason national titles. Oh, this, yeah. this, and that. It's like, oh, snap. Like, I can see why you guys are doing this. This is fun as hell. Now, for Michigan State fans, we actually win the Paul Bunyan Trophy when fall rolls around. But, like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm starting to get it now. Like, this this recruiting stuff is fun. All this hype and media around your coach is like, oh, I can yeah, pay like, this for no longer. This is nice. I get it. <laughs> I, I only look at recruiting when they're like, hey, we're bringing in, like, the best tight end. Or we're bringing in, like, the second best safety. Then I'm like, wait, this is, this is a big deal. Like, but when people are like, yeah. oh, this guy's, you know, like – he, you know, he could be good. He could plug in, you know, like, I, I don't think as far as I'm concerned, I don't pay attention to recruiting that way. But when you're like, Hey, yeah. we're bringing in, we're, we're getting this transfer from Wake Forest and he could really like, you know, he could really be really good. Then I'm, you know, then my ears perk up and then I'm like, Holy, Holy crap. And I think yeah. that's what Mel Tucker's doing. He's getting guys. We just haven't, you know, we haven't been able to get, um, you know, especially at the end of the D'Antonio years. Yeah. It's it, and it's it's just so funny to talk about those two eras, right? Because we talk about Mel Tucker and all the things he does and how it's so unlike D'Antonio. But at the same time, it's like, well, I, I am so grateful for what D'Antonio did. Like, yeah, the last years were a complete disaster, but like, I I love that man like a family member, and he yeah. did it his own way. Like, Mel's just going to do it his own way, and it's just like it, it's impossible to talk about how excited I am about Mel Tucker and how it's uh, almost a refreshing new spin on coaching than what we're used to, and then still sound appreciative of what. Mark was able to do here, but it's, uh, I think yeah, you and I, guys you are and really I have talked about, you and I have talked about this before. And yeah. I have said that Mark D'Antonio, um, you know, Tom Izzo is the best coach Michigan state, um, has and will ever have probably Mark Antonio was more important because, you know, Michigan state was a shit show. Michigan state wasn't even on the radar of anything when, when John Smith, uh, left and he put us, you know, he put us on the map and yeah, like, the last few years, 
it's like such a sour taste in our mouth, but I, I can't get too mad. Like he brought us, it, I really think that these, these, these newer fans aren't really um, knowledgeable about what Michigan state football was before yeah. like the Antonio, then they're only, looking they don't at, know pain. They, they don't yeah, know they don't sadness. Know yeah. They don't know, Bob, <laughs> you know, they don't know Bobby Williams. pain. Right. They don't know the pain of Nick Saban um, leaving. They don't know the pain of, you know, those, those nineties teams that should have been better. And I mean, yeah. I, I really think, and when people talk poorly about Mark D'Antonio and I see it a lot online and I've, I've gotten to arguments with other uh, Spartan fans. I'm like, man, you guys, you guys just don't know. Like that guy, that guy pulled like 10 rabbits out of his oh, ass, yeah. right? It oh, wasn't minimal. just one or two. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, I, um, I have a lot of love for Mark Antonio and I'm, I'm not going to shit on him too much for what happened at the, at the end. See, there we go. Bada yeah. boom, bada bing. And that's it- a good way. It's a good way to end it. Wait, before we end, let's, let's put in sure. our predictions okay. for oh. Michigan state basketball season. Um, how is it? Look, we have four games left. What are they going to yep. go in the last four games? What are they going to do in the tournament? One and three, the last four games of the regular season. They, they beat Maryland by five points, let's call it. Uh, they lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament. They get into the tournament as a nine seed, and they lose the first game. And we could just all put this behind us kind of the same way we did last year. So, uh, I yeah, sorry. That's probably the last thing anyone wants to hear right now, but I, I got a feeling that maybe some people agree or even worse. Some people think that's too optimistic of a guess. So uh, I, yeah, I don't know how that's too optimistic. I mean, I guess like optimistic in the, in the, in the sense that they make the NCAA tournament. I do yeah. think they're going to get in. I do think they probably go one and three, possibly two and two um, down the stretch. I don't think Ohio state is as good. I think they're struggling um, kind of just as much as yeah. it is. Um, right now. So I do think there's a chance there. I think that Michigan game is probably a little harder um, than we'd like to believe because that is a team against the wall. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think, um, I, I don't think we win that game. So yeah, one in three, possibly two and two down the stretch. I think they win one game in the big 10 tournament, but I do think okay. they end up going to the second weekend. And, you know, if I guess if that's, a, there's a silver lining, it's that, you know, we don't have to face big 10 teams, those, those first two games. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if, if this team is, is good when it's not in the half court um, all the time, man. Love that. Your, your kind are dwindling the, the, the type of people I think that they can make a second weekend, but we are so glad to have you around because uh, you're, you're keeping me somewhat sane and somewhat hopeful for the rest of the season. So yeah, Andy, no as always, an absolute no, pleasure. Yeah. No screaming or farting noises out of me. <laughs> like the end of the season when it all falls apart then i'll then i'll flip out um online and stuff my face with with food and everything thanks for having me it's it's always good talking to you man i'll I'll come on whenever you know you and i can shoot the shit about michigan state sports and pretty much anything um for like 45 minutes we won't even know that the time's gone so i appreciate you uh, my brother much love it's a good sign off You're the man, Andy. You're the man. We all love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Hey, stay awesome. Simply cannot thank my man Andy Isaac enough for hopping on the podcast once again. Always just very generous with his time. Said, hey, you want to chat for like 15, 20 minutes? And 
Bang. Uh, right there. He gives us 35 to 40 minutes because he's just, well, awesome. And uh, I know you guys love listening to him as much as I love talking to him. And I love you guys listening as well. So thank you so much for listening to Locked on Spartans and making us your first listen every single day. We got one more show this week. That's right. But it's going to be a fun one. Another fun guest as we have Connor George on. That's right. Former MSU basketball player on tomorrow's show. And we will be shoehorning our MSU versus Purdue preview to that episode as well. So make sure you tune into that one. Also, make sure you turn it, tune into, there we go, got the words out of my mouth there. Make sure you tune into Locked on NFL Draft. That's right, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Ryan, Ryan Crocker, Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available where you find folks get your podcast. All right, gang, almost done with the week. Have yourself a Thursday. Love you all. Go Green.